What is up, Active Dad fam? Welcome to Active Dad, the awesome dad show. This interview did not go as I had particularly expected it to because Jordan gave so much value and so much insight into fatherhood. I was really astounded. There are several moments during this interview that just really opened up my eyes and ways of thinking. What I really like that Jordan does and has done is team up with mentors and he has several different stories where experienced parents gave him feedback that helped him carve his path. And I just got a lot of value out of the conversation. I really enjoyed it. Stay tuned. Listen up. This is going to be an awesome episode. If you get any value, I would also ask that you consider subscribing to the show. Every Monday, we have a fresh episode and you do not want to miss out. Lastly, I also want to invite you to check out Act Dad, the awesome dad group over on Facebook. It is a phenomenal community full of some really awesome dads. And you can smash that link here in the show notes and come join. Hey, look, that's all I got. Let's jump into the show. Welcome to the Act Dad, the awesome dad show. I have a really cool guest today and I am very excited to get into this conversation. Uh, this guest uh, was in the National Football League for over seven years, doing a lot of different things there. He's married, he's got two young kids, just living his best dad life. And now he's working hands-on with some of the best up-and-coming quarterbacks in the entire world. I'm really excited for this conversation. So without further ado, Mr. Jordan Palmer, what is up? How we doing? I'm stoked to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. I'm loving what you guys are building out or what you're building out uh, not only with the quarterbacks, but with your your two young kids and uh, also with your Instagram and your Instagram page is looking really great. So if you guys would like to check that out, definitely do. So I'll have that down in the show notes. I dad pretty hard. I will say that <laughs> dad hard. I, I love that. Dad so hard. That might be the title of our of our episode here. We'll see. Uh, so, Jordan, how, how old are your kids now? So I've got two little boys. I've got a, a little guy who's going to be four this December in Ford. Uh, and then Reese is uh, going to be one uh, in a couple weeks. Hey, congratulations, man! That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, I man, have... super fun, and, and we're gonna we're gonna probably keep rolling too. Love that, love that, man. It's there. You know, every kid is such a blessing. Every clean kid is different, and uh, to have two two happy, healthy boys, man. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks, man. It's been. Um, it's been amazing. I mean, it's all the things that dads say, right? It's amazing. It's awesome. I, I would just say, like, even going from, you know, from zero kids to one kid, it's it's just the most life changing thing that'll ever happen to you. It's like a permanent. Here you are. The rest of your life is different now. Going from one kid to two kids, um, you don't have that same effect, right? Because you're already, you're already a parent. You already have all the stuff that comes with it. But uh, adding a second kid, it's just uh, it's just more. It's more difficult. It's more joy. It's more challenging and, and, and frustrating at times. It's more love and fun. You know, it's just more of everything, um, the good and the bad. And, uh, but it is such a blessing. And, and you know, to, there's, a, a, there's the part where you're grieving what they used to look like. You know, you scroll through old photos and you, I, I, you know, every time I'm on a plane, I always kind of start at the beginning of my Instagram and my wife's Instagram. We just kind of go back and look from a couple of years ago. And it's kind of like, oh, man, it's just heartbreaking. Remember when he used to do this or say this or he had hair like this? Because my, my three-year-old used to have an amazing, like, yellow fro. And now he's got, a, like, a swaggy little tight tight cut. And, you know, you kind of, you like, mourn those old little days when they were so little. But then you're just so excited about what's happening and who they're becoming. And so, uh, yeah, it's just more. Right. It's so easy to get caught up in 
what's happening in the future, right? Oh, I can't wait until I get to do this with my kids. But you really, it's really important that you stay in the present. I think that's one of the biggest regrets that a lot of people have is I didn't spend enough time with my kids, right? Yeah. And, and for me, you know, I, I have a very busy life. I've got a lot of stuff going on and just like everybody does, it's very, and I'm, and I'm a, I'm goal oriented and I want to do this and I want to go there. And, and so mm-hmm. it, it's, I live in this perpetual state of thinking down the road. And so presence being present, being right where my feet are is, is just a constant thing that I'm working on. Uh, I've been, I've been blessed to be able to work with uh, Lululemon for a few years now. And, and, uh, if, if anybody who's listened ever done yoga, if they're a yoga person or they've done it once, one of the things that's drawn me to folks who, um, who practice yoga on a regular basis is they all seem very present. One of the things I've learned in my life, and I'm, I talk a lot and I'm in connecting with people, I'm teaching and I'm, I'm doing all these things. You know, one of the lessons I learned about being present is uh, for an adult is, uh, you know, when people are talking, for example, you know, you listen so that you can truly understand what somebody's trying to say, not so that you can decide how to respond, which is just so much of our conversations, right? Mm-hmm. When you text somebody and they're texting you back, you're kind of already responding, you know, we're just kind of on to the next thing. As a parent, what I've learned, uh, one of the best lessons I've learned in terms of remaining present is just never allow yourself to say, I can't wait until dot, 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 right? I can't wait till he can do this. I can't wait till he's in school or we can, he can play basketball, just being present. And a, a mentor, older friend of mine who's got kids and did a great job told me that a long time ago. And, and maybe we'll get into a couple other good nuggets that I've gotten from other people. But, you know, being a president as a parent, I think the best way to do it is just simply not allowing myself to say, I can't wait until. You know what? I'm with you 110% on that, Jordan, because it's so easy to get caught up in, I can't wait to throw a football with my kid or I can't, can't wait, wait till my son plays basketball. Yeah, whatever. Exactly. Right? Can't wait till he's, tall. Can't wait till he's tall enough to go on this ride. Like yep. it, there's a million ways to do it. I can't wait till he's no longer needing a bottle. I can't wait till we drop this second nap, you know, like all of it. And then by the time you're there, you look back and, oh, I've missed that time when he smiled at me and didn't even have teeth, right? It's, it's, it's definitely about staying in the present. At the same time, looking at things on a macro level, right? You want to make sure that you're giving them the tools to be successful. So I'm assuming coming from a football background, Jordan, what about your kids? Are you getting your kids into team sports? Well, uh, it's early right now. What I'm doing is I, I'm, you know, and this is the goal. So maybe we, we circle back in three years and you hold me accountable to it. But um, <laughs> I, I want them to, to figure out. I have one very simple goal for my boys. I want them to figure out what they're great at and they love faster than everyone else their age. Right. I want them to figure out what God put them on earth to do, what their real purpose is and what they love doing. And hopefully that that ends up being in the, the same thing. Right. Because they may love basketball, but been put on the earth to teach, right? Well, cool. Then maybe they become a basketball coach, right? And you marry the two things, but I want them to figure that out as fast as they possibly can. And, and I think that's, you know, one of the common denominators of people who are high achievers and more important than high achievers, they're happy high achievers as they, you know, as they become from baby to little boy, to boy, to young man, to man, and then to 35 with a hairy chest and going bald or whatever it is as they go through that process i just wanted to figure out what they're what they're great at and they love doing as fast as they can and so if you think about it to do that well i shouldn't make them go to football practice every day or do this one thing i'm going to try and have them do as many things as they can and want to because it's going to be a reps it's going to be 
trial and error and uh and they're gonna have to have experiences they're gonna have to have success and face adversity and uh and that's gonna shape their perspective uh on that so i i don't i'm tr- I'm really trying hard not to make to allow myself to have dreams of them playing quarterback right sure. uh it, it may be something completely different and i think every parent would say that to some extent uh the challenge is actually doing it and, and that'll be the challenge for me as well yeah, executing on that plan is certainly important. And maybe they end up loving football. They want to do what, what dad did. And well, they're uncle... certainly going to be exposed to it. I mean, they, I run <laughs> camps and I'll have sixth grade to NFL guys there called QB Summit. And my son will show up and get nine sacks in a QB workout. You know, he's running around tackling people. So he's growing up. I mean, FaceTimes with Sam Darnold, right? I mean, like and these other guys, like they, he's, he's got some really cool uncles. So they'll be exposed to it. But my son right now, my three-year-old Ford, he, I mean, he loves scootering and he, you know, so I throw down cones, I skateboard all the time with him, and, and we do little courses and he tries to beat me and he loves that. And maybe that transition translates into, he becomes a little kid who likes to ride mountain bikes and, you know, wants to race things and like, that's, that's fine. But having him do different things and get exposed to different things, um, is I think key early on. And it's super fun as a dad. Well, I, I love that philosophy of figuring out what they're great at as soon as possible. And I think that idea of let them taste as much as possible. You like to skateboard? Skateboard. You like to play football? Let's play football. You want to paint? Then paint. But get them in what they're good at quickly. And, and the other thing I think that you really touched on there, Jordan, that's really important is that you're finding things that not only you love to do, but your kids love to do as well. I think that's a really important way of making sure that you're able to spend quality time and be happy yourself. Yeah, I learned a really cool lesson. I've got a, a friend slash mentor uh, by the name of Shane Dorian. So Shane Dorian, he's uh, early 40s, you know, arguably the best or the one of the best surfers of all time. Big wave. Um, yeah, he was on tour for a long time. He was a legend and then was kind of the first guy to go, uh, yeah, I can surf that, that giant skyscraper <laughs> of a wave. And now it's a huge <laughs> industry. And, and so a total pioneer. Um, and his little guy, he's got two kids. His little guy, Jackson is Jackson's probably, he's probably 12 or 13 now. And he's kind of the future of surfing. Check out Jackson Dorian on Instagram. He's got, I don't know, probably a quarter million followers already. Um, and he's just this epic little dude with, you know, Tarzan hair. I've been around Shane a long time. And when Jackson was, you know, six, seven, eight, and obviously they live in Hawaii and they, he travels all over the world, amazing trips. And so this kid had access to one of the greatest surf coaches of all time, epic waves and all the gear and you know he's, he was teed up to be this world-class surfer but Shane never pushed it and Jackson mm. for a long time was really into skateboarding and slowly but surely you'd see Shane's house all of a sudden there's a ramp out front now there's a half pipe now there's a skate park and they go they'd go on these trips and all around California and Jackson would skate all the parks and he didn't want to surf and I'm asking Shane I was on a, a trip in Tavarua with them and I go and, and Jackson's literally not surfing we're in Tavarua Island arguably the best place to surf in the world. And um, I'm there with my boy and Jackson is there and our wives and Shane's, you know, he says, uh, one of the best advice is figure out something you did when you were a kid that your kid wants to do, but you haven't done in a while and your kid wants to do and do that with them because now you're going to feel like a kid again doing that. So for right. Shane, that was skateboarding. Now what ended up happening is Jackson said, well, I want to try and paddle out. And then he got unbelievable and genetics and his godfather's Kelly Slater and all that. And so now he's unbelievable. So I literally did that. I skateboard all the time with my son and I hadn't touched a skateboard for 10 years. You know, I told, I mentioned Ford's and really into scootering now and, you know, he's learning how to ride a bike and we're moving to a place that's pretty good little mountain biking area. And I, 
kind of see, I could see him getting into mountain biking down the road and I currently don't own a bike. Uh, if he does, I'm going to be excited to kind of get into mountain biking with him, you know? And so it's finding a thing that I used to do. Everybody rode a bike when they're little, find a thing that you used to do that they have find joy in and do that with them. Cause now it's not, uh, I got to watch the kid for two hours. It's dude, let's go here. And then let's go there. And I, I, I'm, I'm jacked to get home from work and run around with them. That's what it's all about, man. It's, it's finding ways that you can get yourself off the couch and feel good about it and feel excited about it. There's so many fathers. And I, I think people in general that look at fatherhood as okay, well, now I'm going to get a beer belly and I can't do things I love to do. And I'm going to be a dork or whatever. But I mean, for me, I found that being a father is, is, the complete opposite of that. Like you said, when you get to do things that you haven't picked, like a skateboard that you haven't picked up in 10 years, it, it makes you feel like a kid again. It's like the fountain of youth. It's, it's kind of funny how that happens. Then you got a built-in best friend. You got a built-in best friend. Absolutely. And that's, that's another balance that you have to keep, right? Cause you want to be their friend and enjoy those good times, but you also have to be a mentor as well. Do you, so I'm, I'm curious, Jordan, do you find that some of the skills that you've learned being a quarterback mentor to some of these great up and coming quarterbacks, is that, is that translated well into the way that you parent and raise your kids? Yeah, it has. I think, you know, my coaching philosophy is, is one of patience and teaching, you know, I'm a private quarterback coach. I run camps and I do draft training. So I'm not yelling and getting guys to move over there faster and line up. Right. And saying, blowing a whistle and saying, huddle up, run it, run it again, right? And that's that's totally necessary in a football setting. I'm kind of just on the driving range with these guys, right? So it doesn't require me to yell and say that. The other thing that part of it is, um, so that, that helps with the patience. Um, the other thing is, you know, I work with sixth graders and some of the most elite young quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't have completely different messaging for those different age groups. I kind of have a very consistent messaging in the way that I teach. So it comes from a place of patience, and it comes also from a place of trying to make sure that guys are truly understanding what the what the goal is, and then also like what the steps are to get there. I just think there's a direct correlation to parenting. Some parents would lead with you know their vocal cords, right, um, and discipline and taking things away, and and everybody has a different philosophy. I definitely am strict when you know my my older boy does something wrong and he knows it. Uh, I want him to look me in the eyes and, and say, you know, and I say, do you understand? I want him to say, yes, sir. I mean, the eyes when he does it, I want him to shake people's hand, look them in the eyes and squeeze their hand. And, and so I'm disciplined, you know, he's three, I'm disciplined um, in those areas, but not from a place of aggression, but from a place of trying to get him reps at doing the right thing. And then when he does the wrong thing, get him reps at self-correcting it himself. So if that's trying to teach a sixth grader how to do a five-step drop or trying to get Sam Darnold to turn to the turn at the top of his drop so that his shoulder angle can adjust, or I'm trying to get my three-year-old to ask to be excused from the dinner table. Uh, it's a similar methodology. Just the, the key point in it is, is clear communication. And I'm, I talk a lot and uh, I'm ADD and all that. So that is a thing that's a constant battle for me because different situations can get you worked up and get you excited, good or bad. And, and so for me, it's just understanding that that like, kind of trusting in the process and, and knowing that uh, there's some carryover to how I parent from how I coach. Like you said, clear communication is key, I think, to any relationship, whether, again, it's a quarterback, your, your spouse, your children. But another thing that I think is really important for kids, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, is boundaries. 
kids need boundaries. I think they thrive off boundaries. Um, and that's something I struggle with. But I think that's also something that particularly college athletes moving into the NFL, they need boundaries as well. And because I mean, as, as I'm sure you're aware, like the world can get out of control really quickly. How do you set boundaries specifically for your kids? What are some techniques that you've used to set boundaries so that they know, hey, in order to get up from the dinner table, I have to ask the right the right thing at the right time. I have to finish my meal, what have you. Are there any strategies that you've used to create boundaries? Yeah, I think for sure. Um, I, I think the hard part for me being a, you know, I have two kids, but one of them's a baby. So really, I'm, you know, I have a three-year-old, so it's like my first time, right? A lot of trial and error going on over here for sure. Um, <laughs> but And a lot of good advice from people too. One, there's not one way to do it, right? Uh, it's completely, I think, dependent on the relationship that you have with your spouse, the communication that we have, it's got to be similar to the kids. If you and your your spouse raise your voice a lot, it's going to be hard to not do that with kids because kids can be frustrating and stressful. And so I think it starts with my relationship with my spouse, my wife, um, who's my high school sweetheart, which doesn't mean that everything's figured out. We've been together forever, so we have it dialed. It just we just know each other longer, you know, for our age. So it starts with the communication there and and being on this being on the same page, which is not perfect all the time. It's it's a constant. You know, that's something that that as life changes and evolves that you have to maintain that communication. So the first thing I think on, on trying to my effort towards being a great dad is is having a great relationship with with the love of my life and my partner. Um, and in terms of setting boundaries, I think it's whatever I, I, the way I'm looking at it and we'll see if this works out. You know, I'm going to set as many boundaries, as many individual boundaries as I'm willing to completely make sure that they stay within Right. So if I set 35 boundaries, it's going to be hard for me to not allow him to do those 35 different things. Right. Because if I do, he's three. He's going to right. spill over the boundary. That means the majority of my conversation is going to be correcting him. No, 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 no. Stop, 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 stop. Hey, 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 don't, 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 don't. I don't want that to be the majority of my dialogue, the dialogue with my son. But I don't want to, like you said, they thrive with boundaries. I don't want to be a free for all. So it's when meeting people. Right. I, I, there's certain things I want him to do. I want him to look in. I want him to have the confidence to look an adult in the eye and shake their hand. Does that happen all the time? No. Sometimes he hides behind my leg because he's three. Right. And the rest of the, the majority of the time he does it. You know, getting up from the dinner table. Um, we're going through a phase right now where sometimes he'll just say no. Right. <laughs> well, OK, let me. What's the, the boundary that I'm going to set here? And, and look, I got to figure out ahead of time how I'm going to explain to him that you don't say that to mama or dada or these other people, right? Nana, papa, you know, babysitter, right? You, you don't say it to these people. The word no is not wrong, but in this case, in this use of it, it is, this is not, you cannot do that, son. You cannot say no to mama and dada when we ask you to do something, okay? And, and it's hard to break it down and articulate it to a three-year-old, but if I just say, don't you do that, go sit on the stairs, you're in timeout, and I don't explain to him why, then why would he stop doing it? Now the majority of my conversation is going to be telling him not to do things, and I don't want to do that. I don't have a list written down, but I'd say we have about a dozen things, and we want to make sure he stays within that. And uh, and so that's kind of been our philosophy. And one one interesting thing that I learned from one, another friend, mentor, epic dad, uh, Trent Dilfer, you know, NFL legend, all that. I uh, worked with his daughter, and uh, amazing guy, right? Older kids. He talked about the 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 four phases of parenting. Now, when I have my quarterback camps, I, I have a parent session. My dad runs it. I have a couple other epic dads come up, sit up front, Q&A. It's great. 
one of the things that I learned from Trent and I share with as many people as possible is the four stages of parenting and you can call it the four C's. Okay. So the first phase of being a parent, you're a caretaker, right? If we don't completely take care of my, my, uh, 11 month old, he's not going to make it right. He's he completely dependent on us for take, to take care of him. Okay. And then they slowly transition into, um, being a cop, right? So I'm training, I'm, I'm there with Ford right now. I still, we still have to take care of him, right? He can't go feed himself. You're the fun police, basically. <laughs> yeah, but it's still, it's a cop, right? He's got to learn the, the law and the rules, right? Well, you're right. So a if, lot they of, don't, if they don't learn the boundary, if they don't learn to follow the rules now, I mean, things can fall apart very quickly when they you are set apart, outside you your set window. A foundation. You right. set a foundation, right? And so tr- I'm transitioning into cop. Uh, in a few years, I'll be transitioning into coach. So I'll still be doing some cop stuff, but I'll be transitioning into coach, right? This is how you do this. You know, when they get to the phase where they ask why everything, well, you're kind of coaching them, right? This is why. So transition into the the coach side of it. And then the last one, in my opinion, for older parents, this is the one where people miss the the mark the most. Most people don't miss, you know, most good, good human beings don't miss the caretaker part, right? Uh, And the cop part, you know, it's hard because it's testing, it's challenging, but most people do a really good job of that. The coach is fun, right? A lot of fun. The, the, uh, the last piece is the one where people miss the ball the most, and that's when you transition into consultant. And consultants are on an as-inquired-upon basis, mm. right? You, if you hire a consultant for 10 grand a month to help you build your, your business, they don't show up on your door every single day and tell you what to do because you'll fire them, right? Just not use them anymore. It's on an as-inquired-upon basis. And that's a hard one when kids get to high school. And I, I train a lot of high school quarterbacks and – you know, in high school, quarterbacks, dad, they're everything. They get to college, they're kind of just a support system now. And uh, and that's the one that's really challenging because people, you know, they've had 18 years of loving their kid and uh, they got to transition. And so for anybody's listening to this, those four stages, I think I'd encourage you to think about which stage you're in right now and how you can crush that stage. That is a really interesting way to look at it. I'm going to have to digest that over the, over the coming hours and days. And, cause, you know, to your point, I think a lot of people – mix up being consultant with being controlling, right? They want to be the controller. They want to control everything. The problem is if you're trying to control everything when they're under your wing, the second they're outside your wing, they're, they're all over the place. That's an interesting point also. Another thing that I heard on an episode that you've done, and I think this was a really profound thing that you'd mentioned, Jordan, is that it's really important that we as humans are able to define ourselves in 25 words or less. And I absolutely love that. I've, I've done a set quite a few interviews now. And one of the things that came up and what my last interview was know yourself, you need to know yourself in order to be confident, happy, so on and so forth. So I'm curious to ask you, how do you define yourself in 25 words or less Jordan? Yeah, I went through an interesting period where I was in the middle of my NFL career I got cut from the Bengals, was working out for teams, went surfing, really weird accident surfing, and uh, broke my ankle really bad, had two surgeries on it. Only injury I ever had during my career, ironically, was surfing. You know, thought I was done playing ball. I had, you know, eight weeks or so to lay on my back and figure everything out. And so I was newly married and didn't have much money and trying to, you know, figure out what my next move was. I ended up getting some phone calls and playing again, you know, for a handful of years, and, and it was a total blessing. But uh, I met a guy and, and uh, life coach, I guess you could say, and, and his purpose in life is to help people find their purpose. 
what he basically said was, if you can't clearly define what your purpose is in 25 words or less, then it's just not really clear to you. And I think you could ask anybody what their purpose in life is, and it would either be, I don't know, or a long answer, right? right? Which just, just proves the lack of clarity. I did a ton of exercises and different things and spent a bunch of time and sat on the bluff in San Diego for four hours and thought about stuff. It was a really cool phase of my life. And um, what I realized is that my purpose in life is to use my experiences on and off the field to help entrepreneurs maximize their opportunities. That's 25 words. And, uh, and the thing about the word entrepreneur is uh, with Shark Tank and Gary Vaynerchuk and all these you know, self-helps and all that stuff, a lot of people's definition of entrepreneur is, oh, you started a company. Right. right. But the reality is, is I think an entrepreneur is anybody who's all in trying to build something. And that manifests a lot of times as a company. Right? There's some startups and that do great jobs and people who are on their fifth startup and 12th startup. But I just think I know some high school quarterbacks. Well, I know some NFL quarterbacks who in high school, they were taking this thing serious. This was their vehicle. This was the path they were on. And they were all in mentally, physically and emotionally. And so. Those are the players that I work with. It's less about talent. It's less about how tall somebody is or what, what round they're projected to get drafted in. I work with quarterbacks who I identify as entrepreneurs who are all in and, and uh, trying to maximize their opportunities. And so I have all these experiences on and off the field, and I'm trying to use them to help them maximize that. And so what ends up happening is, like, that sounds cool, right? And, and somebody may hear this and say, like, oh, wow, I'm going to think about that. But here's the power in it. I make all decisions against that. So if my, you know, I, when I was in that period and I was figuring out doing, you know, I kind of like, I job shadowed different industries. I did looked at commercial real estate. I looked at private investment banking. I looked, you know, I was, I didn't know what I was going to do. So I kind of went and did a lot of things. But when my purpose got clear, the opportunities that came before me were really, really clear to me what I should be doing. For me to hold myself accountable to, I'm going to do something or not based off how it aligns with my purpose and call it your North star, right? That doesn't move. That's how I make all the decisions. If somebody said, I've got a gig that's going to pay you a ton of money and you can get equity and you can have a ton of money down the road and it's just going to be four or five years. Well, my purpose in life is not to make as much money as I possibly can by any means necessary. Mm. And that may, may, somebody may arrive at that purpose and I, it sounds a little weird to me, but, but a lot of people are pursuing that, whether that's their purpose or not right? Mm -hmm. Willing to do whatever it takes. And so for me, having a really clear purpose has just been a North star that's allowed me to make decisions against it. And I'm in a transition as we sit here right now. This is my last month at a company that I started a couple years ago. That's big and cool. And I started it with my buddies and it's epic and I'm sad to leave, but I'm leaving to go and coach more and do some television because it's my purpose and I'm getting an alignment with that. And that's where my confidence comes and my ability to step into this you know, with a family and a mortgage and all that, because I'm confident this is in alignment with my purpose and the rest of the things will come. Jordan, that is so profound. And I think that the majority of human beings don't understand their purpose. And you brought, you brought a ton of value to this episode today. So I just want to thank you, Jordan, because when I, when I look through and I'm just kind of replaying our conversation in our head, this is the probably the ultimate way to conclude it with knowing your purpose. But when you, when, when we look back on this conversation, the, the thing that really strikes me about you, Jordan, and, and the reason I know you're going to be an awesome dad, you're going to be an active dad, is that you're tasting and you're searching and, and you're taking into account these messages from mentors. Like With all these different mentors, I mean, I think 
you can find the right way by listening and absorbing the great advice that's out there. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm on a pursuit. I mean, I make, make all kinds of mistakes. So I'm always hesitant to, to jump on a dad podcast because, boy, I don't, I don't have it figured out. But I am efforting towards it. And it's just the most worthy cause in my life right now and, and moving forward. It's just the most worthy cause. There's all kinds of things that we can invest time into, good and bad, right? Money or not, religion, our marriage, and, and you got to invest time in all of them. I challenge a lot of quarterbacks especially guys in college who are like getting ready to go to the league in a year or two from now, I have them draw a circle and this will be a good exercise for everyone listening to do grab a sheet of paper, draw a big circle, right? And just pick out the five to 10 things that you commit most of your time to and just make a pie chart. Right. And so, you know, 20% of my time I do this, you know, 80, I got a nine to five. So 80% of my time, you know, I'm at work and 5% of my time I work out and 2% of my time I do this and, Ooh, shoot, 12% of my time I'm on Instagram or reading, you know, news or whatever. And so, you know, draw that circle and then speak, take some time. And this is not take 10 minutes. This is every time you work out, get in the car for the first 10 minutes, start thinking about what that purpose is and tightening that up. And once you get some clarity around what your purpose is, I'd look back at that pie chart and I'd see if that's a sound investment strategy towards getting you towards that purpose. Mm. And, you know, with quarterbacks, let's say that I, I'm talking to a quarterback, he's going to be a senior and he could be the first pick or a second rounder and it's up in the air and we'll see how this year goes. What I usually have him do is I say, look, the first pick in the draft is going to get 35 million. The first pick of the second round is going to get 5 million. Okay. No businesses on the world exist where in 12 months you could, you could create a $30 million Delta and all it costs you is time, effort and energy. So do the pie chart exercise and make sure that this is a sound investment strategy towards that, right? But I think it's true with everybody. That makes sense for guys who are trying to have a great senior year before the NFL. But I think it also is applicable to all of us where, you know, once you have clarity around your purpose, and I do this all the time, and I check back in on it, and it's like, what am I, is this the right, is this a sound investment strategy towards what I want? And so I think it's an interesting exercise for folks to do. And, but the key is really, truly understanding, you know, what is that, what is that purpose and how do I work towards it? I, I absolutely love that, Jordan. I'm definitely going to do that on my end as well. And I'm going to encourage all the listeners out there. I'm going to put some notes here in the show notes so that you can kind of follow along on your own. You definitely want to follow Mr. Jordan Palmer over on Instagram. The page is really, really cool. And I know he's putting a lot of investment and time into the Instagram. And I'll also be updating the notes here as he enters into his next phase of his life. It's always exciting, man. Always exciting. I really appreciate you, Jordan. Thank you so Thanks much for, for coming on the me. show. I'd love dude. to come back another time. It's great. Thank you so much, ActDad family, for taking a few minutes out of your busy day to listen into this episode. I think that if you are able to execute on some of the nuggets that we talked about today, you are well on your way to being a better, more awesome dad. I really like Jordan's perspective on letting your kids try many different things, help them to find the thing that they love and are great at as soon as possible. I think that's a really profound thing for us to think about as fathers. Once again, if you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Every Monday, there is a fresh interview coming out. I carefully hand select guests and we make sure we edit to make sure that you have the highest quality product possible. I also want to Formally and personally invite you to check out Act Dad, the Awesome Dad group over on Facebook, Thriving Community. Really, really great place to be. So check that out. Thanks again so much for listening and have an awesome week. I will catch you next Monday. Peace.